Well, uh, turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2 and verse 28. Now, getting ready to step into the Word and with Dr. Richard and beforehand we're going to take up the offering. Uh, you should have two envelopes this morning. You have the regular tithes and offerings envelope and then uh, you have the love um, envelope, okay? So this is for your normal tithes and offerings. This one is what is going straight to Dr. Richard. The rest of the week you only get one and because every bit of it is going to Dr. Richard. So everything that you put in that love envelope is going to him. Here's the thing, if you don't know which one to put it in, put it in the love envelope, okay? Just if you don't know which one it's supposed to, put it in here, all right? We're a giving church and we love to give. It's one of the biggest blessings we can ever have in our life is to be givers. And uh, so we're excited this week about giving uh, to Dr. Richard and the gospel that he's taken. He just came out of two weeks of revival in Virginia. God's moving powerful. People were healed and delivered. And that stuff's going to happen here too. So if you're online... You can go, and let me just give these instructions. You can go to givebc.org. Give, like Boomerang Church, givebc.org. And if you go there, you can select tithes, offerings, but then there's one that says love offering or guest speaker. That would be where you would choose for it to go to Dr. Richard. On Facebook, you can type in the comments, hashtag donate and the amount. And if it's for Dr. Richard, just after that, put a space and put for Dr. Richard. And that way we'll know that, it, that it's for him. Father, we just thank you so much for this day. Lord, prepare our hearts to give and receive everything that you have for us. Thank you, Lord. So 1 John chapter 2 and verse 28. If anybody doesn't have an envelope, just raise your hand and the ushers will get you an envelope. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 28. It says, now little children, abide in him, abide in Jesus. Now little children, abide in Jesus, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. See, if we'll abide in him, our confidence in him grows. If we abide in him, our confidence grows. And if your confidence grows, then that's a part of hope. Hope is a joyful, confident expectation, and your faith manifests your hope. So as we abide in Him, our hope grows. As we abide in Him, our faith has something to bring into being. Okay? So the more we abide in Him, the more we have to manifest. Our confidence grows. Look at verse 29. It says, if you know that he is righteous, you know everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. In other words, Jesus is righteous. So you, you don't continuously practice unrighteousness and you're born of him. But if you're born of him, you practice righteousness. That's who you are. Uh, in Romans it says this, that you should be uh, uh, just paraphrasing it, it says you should be consistently putting to death the deeds of the flesh 
You know, how, how many people in here you can just confidently say in every action that you've taken this week, I look just like Jesus? Right, that's what I was thinking. But, so in other words, what we're saying is, I still had some stuff to work on this week, maybe some actions, maybe some thoughts. I still had some stuff to work on. But if I'm righteous in God, that empowers me to live righteously. One of the questions and answers that we had earlier this week on the Lunch Plus broadcast is, uh, do we have to keep on sinning? I mean, do you, are, do you have to sin every day? And the answer is no. Why? Because God has empowered you to walk a life where he even told the woman, he said, go and sin no more. He said he's given us in, in 1 Peter, he's granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Everything we need to walk godly has already been given us. See, it's a lie of the devil that says we can't walk righteously. But if we'll draw from his righteousness and his empowerment, we can start to live a different way. We can live a different way. And if we're born of God, then we will live a different way. Now watch this. Now going on into chapter 3, it's not like a, a new book, it's a continuation. Chapter 3 and verse 1, and this is what I wanted you to see. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God. And such we are. And I want you to see this. I want you to meditate for a second. See how great of a love God has poured out on us. See, yeah, we didn't, you know, I, I don't know that all of us walked just like Jesus this week. And yet, even knowing that, God's already poured out his love on us to save us. He saw us in the worst. In, it, over in Romans chapter 5, it shows that we were helpless, we were sinners, and we were enemies of God. And he didn't see us at our perfect place. He saw us at our worst. When God himself by his own mouth declared, you're my enemy. Most kings, what do they do with the enemy? They take them out. But that's not what God did. In each one of those verses, at, at verse 6, verse 8, and verse 10 in Romans 5, at each one of those verses, it says, and that's where Jesus died for us. When we couldn't help ourselves, when we were sinners, and when we were the enemies of God. And he says, that's when, that's when he died for us. And now you go back to this verse, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1. See how great a love poured out on us. You go over into Romans 8 and it says this, nothing will be able to separate me from this great love. Nothing. Nothing will be able to separate me. God's done great, great things for us. And nothing's going to separate us from his love. So what have we been worried about? What have we been anxious over? God is on the throne. God is moving mightily in the earth right now. An awakening has begun. God saw you in all of your mess at one point, and he said, I still love you. He even saw this week when you were trying to do good and missed it. Missed it. And he said, I still love you. I still love you. 
See how great a love is bestowed on us. See how great a love is bestowed on us. And then if you carry on into the next chapter in 1 John chapter 4, it says this, we love because he first loved us. We did a series called The Two Parts of Life. Two Parts of Life. And the basis of that series is you don't have the ability to love on God until you've received his love first. It says we love because he first loved us. And he says, if people don't love, they don't know God. In other words, you, you can't even love him until you know him, until you have received his love through Jesus Christ. See how great a love is bestowed on us. And what we talked about in two parts of life was this. Part one, God loved on us when we were unlovable. And, he, and part two is that we return that love to him. For God so loved that he gave, part one. We receive that love. It empowers us. You remember the story of the adulterous woman? That woman had not done any good. She's not born again or anything. And yet God says, I'll love you first. Now you go and sin no more. I'll give you my love. And now let my love that you now have received empower you to love. See, when we're giving, all we're doing is we are, we are taking an action of God's love. And we're saying, Lord, I see you. I see what you've done in my life. I see how great a love is bestowed on, on me. Oh, this is not something I deserved on my own. The only reason I have any access to it whatsoever is because you have bestowed such a great love on me through Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, I recognize that I have received of your love. And I can't just sit here. I've got to give love back to you because when a person truly receives love, the natural response is, I want to love you back. And you have this cycle between us and God. God pours out his love and we pour our love back out to him. And he pours out his love and we pour it out. And it's not a fair exchange. Like every time it comes down from God, it, it just multiplies because of seed time and harvest. And, and it just multiplies. And this is the way it works in our finances too. Finance is like a, a little micro event of this love. God says, I'll give you your salary. I'll give you gifts. I'll give you blessings. And we say, Lord, I recognize where it came from. I see such a great love that's poured out on me. Now, let me love you back. I trust you. It's also saying that I trust you in my finances. Lord, I'm sowing and giving for God so loved that he gave. Lord, I'm going to act like you. Did you know that you can never act like God and not be a giver? It, it's not possible because love gives. I've seen a bunch of people that claim to be Christians over the years, and they ain't givers at all. And I'm like, I don't even know if you're born again. Love gives. And so this morning, this action of this offering, the action of this offering is this. Lord, I see your love. I see what you've given to me. I see what your love wants to do in my life. 
See, you might not have seen the full manifestation yet, but what you do is you're, you're taking faith to look at the promises and the character of God and says, I might not have walked in everything that pastors walked in yet, but I see that you will take me to the same place because you are my loving Father. That's who you are. And I'm, I'm so in seed and I'm given to you in faith. Knowing this is who you are, that you are the one who bestows such a great love, such a great love. And so all of a sudden you say, Lord, I'm loving on you and I will love on you today. Just like you, you're loving on me. You're blessing my life. You're raising it up. Is there anybody in here that you know God is raising up my life? right now financially he's taking me to a different place see we need to have faith for that that god's breaking us through to another level lord you're breaking me through my finances are not staying the same my health is not staying the same my spiritual condition is is going up everything in my life is moving more and more to the abundance of god so that we can do every good work and and Right even in our finances. Lord, I see it. I put faith in it. And Lord, I give to you out of my love. So I want you just to stand right now. Hold up your offering. Because see, this is a precious, precious thing. Lord, I worship you. As you give, it ought to be a worship just like we're standing up here lifting our hands and singing. Lord, I worship you with this. This is my love poured back to you. And it doesn't measure up to what you've given me. But it is an action of, Lord, I see how great a love you bestowed on me. I see it. And Lord, I don't plant this without faith. I know that this is not just thrown in the basket and gone. I know that when I plant this in the heavenly kingdom, there's a spiritual seed where moth and rust cannot destroy and corrupt. I have an account in heaven, and I'm sowing physically, but it's taking account spiritually, and I have an account I can draw on in times of need. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing. Thank you for your mercy. And I believe that you are bringing about a harvest because your word says it. Father, we sow this seed in, in love. We sow this seed in, in a faith. We sow this seed in hope, Lord. And those three things will abide. Thank you, Father, for your blessing on every life that is participating today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can bring your offering. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, let it be blessed. As people give this morning, let it be pressed down, taken together and running over. As their heart has purposed to give, Lord, on that level, as they purposed in their heart to give, on that level, let it be multiplied back to them in Jesus' name. Let it be multiplied back to them in Jesus' name. Let it be multiplied back in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, we're receiving today. We're receiving today. Say it with me. Say, we're receiving today in every way. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Glory to God. Let it be blessed. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Amen. This is always the funniest point right here. Because you may not know this, but they've learned that we're going to go as far as the Holy Ghost goes. And so they, they go through worship, and then we do the offering, and then there's a mass exodus to the bathrooms. <laughs> And then, yeah, like during this moment right here. So the kids head to Super Kids, and all, and all the adults head to the bathroom. And then I got I to gotta waste a couple of minutes while they all come back before I say something important. So this is, this is my stand-up comedy hour right here. This is, it's always like, okay, well, what am I going to say till everybody gets back, you know? And, uh, but I appreciate that because they're planning. They're like, I'm not going to miss the word. <laughs> but uh, anyway, there's, uh, we just praise God. I wanted to tell you about uh, Dr. Richard and I and, and just quickly how we met. Uh, one thing, and I'll, I'll tell you more about it tonight, is uh, these meetings this week, these were set apart by God. And you should be in expectation. God's going to do something. I am so excited about these meetings. They are going to be Holy Ghost meetings. And the power of God and the anointing of God is going to flow. And you are going to receive. And you don't want to miss one. I'm in Jesus' name. Glory to God. But one of the things that happened was this. Um, some years ago, I was following an obedience to the Lord. The Lord had told me to go to a certain place. And uh, it wasn't an easy place for me to go on my flesh. Uh, we barely had the money to go in the ministry. It was early on. And uh, we barely had the money uh, for me to get a hotel room. I mean, it was just, that was it. I spent pretty much everything we had as a ministry to get a hotel room for a couple of nights. And uh, went to a meeting to honor uh, um, the man of God, Pastor J.B. Whitfield, that the Lord had supernaturally connected me to. And so I went to that meeting, and while I was, but the Lord had told me at the beginning of the year, I want you to purpose yourself and in faith get to these meetings uh, that Pastor JB has all this whole year. And so everywhere he went, I tried to get there, and I honored it. I sought the Lord on each one, and uh, this one was up in Cobbs Creek, Virginia. And uh, if you don't know where that's it. Uh, is it's at a beautiful spot but it's out in the middle of nowhere and it took like six hours to drive there and I was tired and I mean it took something for me to get there and I walk in the next day and uh, I'm sitting down in this meeting and I sit, ne I sit next to this lady that I've never seen before and uh, she was friendly and nice and uh, got to meet her and her name was Rhonda and uh, then uh, she said, you ought to meet my husband. I said, okay. And, uh, you know, I've heard that quite a few times. So I was like, all right, great. <laughs> you know, sorry. <laughs> I didn't know you yet. And, uh, but there's a lot of times people say stuff and they're just saying stuff. It's just business. You know, it's just business. And it's not the Holy Ghost. It's just business. But this was the Holy Ghost. She said, you ought to meet my husband. Well, a few years later, a few years, or it wasn't long, no, it was probably a few months later. Uh, you were doing meetings in Greensboro, and uh, you were staying at the Embassy Suites in Greensboro, and uh, you called me on the phone, and we had never met, and you said, my wife met you up in Virginia uh, through a friend of ours at those meetings, and he said, uh, I just had it on my heart that we were supposed to meet. 
And uh, when he said that, I knew by the Holy Ghost we are supposed to meet. And uh, he said, why don't you come up and, and have breakfast with me here in Greensboro uh, tomorrow morning? And, uh, you know, I was like an hour and 45 minutes away from him. Or an hour, it was an hour and about 30 minutes away at that moment. And I was thinking, I am busy. I don't want to go in the morning. And I definitely don't want to get there. And I don't want to drive up to Greensboro in time to eat breakfast. That's early. And I don't want to wake up early. And, uh, but... The Lord said, I want you to go. And I said, okay. And so I went up there, and uh, Dr. Richard and I met, and instantly there was a connection, the kind of connection that only God can put together. And uh, from that period of time, uh, that it was interesting because I did not know this, uh, but he had been with uh, Dr. Rodney for over 30 years. And uh, how long is it now? Since 88. 88. Wow, 32 years, yeah. And so he, at that time, it was about 28 years, I guess, something like that. And uh, what he didn't know was the Lord had already spoken to me that year to go to the meeting in October. And I had no idea that they were connected. And so we were sitting there, and uh, he said, yeah, I've been with Dr. Ronnie. I said, you have? And so that October, I went down there, and you and I had talked a little bit more and everything. That, that October, I went down there, and um, I went to the meetings. It was the first night, and uh, I remember the Holy Ghost fell, and I got about as drunk as could be. And I was sitting about where you are, Phil, on the second row, and uh, Dr. Rodney came up to me at some point in the meeting, and he just did this, like this, and he was just leaning on me, right? And man, the more he leaned, the more drunk I got, you know? <laughs> just the anointing was hitting me, and... I was not drunk with earthly wine, but with a new wine of the Holy Ghost, and uh, not drunk as you suppose, but I was sitting there like, uh, and uh, Richard saw me, and he walked over, he's like, how you doing, buddy? I'm like, I am drunk in the Holy Ghost. I'm sitting in my seat. I hadn't moved. I'm like, uh, you know, and uh, he goes, how you doing? And how many times does Dr. Rodney hang around after a meeting and come out into the audience? Hardly ever. But that night, he comes up, he sees Richard, and this is five, five minutes after the service is ended, which is, he's normally, he, he exits stage left, you know. And, uh, but he comes over, he goes, who is this? And uh, all of a sudden, he says, has he ever been up to my office? And, and, and I said, no. <laughs> I'm like, how do I say no right now? Because I, no. And I was still, you know, he said, bring him on up. And so, you brought me up to see him, and that was how we met with Dr. Rodney and made that connection personally was through Dr. Richard. And uh, Dr. Richard and I, we'll get on the phone, and uh, both of us don't have the time to talk, but we'll talk about the Holy Ghost for 30 minutes, for an hour, and we'll just talk about what God's doing. And uh, then the Lord said, I want you to have him at the church. I'd never heard him preach. I didn't know, I was like, I hope he's good. <laughs> I hope he's good. This is at our old building. I said, I hope he's good. And so he and Miss Rhonda came up, and I'm telling you, we had, at that time, the best set of meetings we've ever had yeah. in Boomerang. And I, the anointing was precious. Yeah, I mean, it was precious. And uh, just, I was, 
I was like, glory to God, I did, I can hear from God, you know, (laughs) I can hear from the Lord, and it developed a friendship that I and Nicole treasure, treasure with he and Rhonda, we treasure that relationship, and you guys are so special to us, and we're honored to have you, and I am excited about these meetings, and uh, amen, are you ready, did I build you up big enough, okay, good, (laughs) <laughs> Amen. Love you. Yes, well, praise the Lord. I got something to live up to now. Hallelujah. <laughs> but the Lord is good. Amen. Amen. Isn't He good? Yeah. You know, the Lord is good and His mercies endure forever. Amen. Amen. The Lord is good and His mercy. You know, His mercy never runs out. Yeah. Never. You know why it can never run out? You know why His mercy and His, his goodness can never run out? Because it has no beginning and it has no end. God has no beginning and has no end. So everything that's of him, that pertains of him, has no beginning and has no end. Amen? And I think people need to come into a greater understanding of his goodness and his mercy. And, uh, you know, and just, I appreciate Holy Ghost connections, you know. I mean, they're, they're the best kind of connections, you know. And they're far and few between, but when they, when they happen, you know what? Thank God for them. Amen? And um, there's a reason for, there's a reason for Holy Ghost connections. And, um, <clears throat> you know, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. Amen. We, listen, especially in these last days, listen, people of faith, people of, of, of Holy Ghost, people need to stick together and be together. Yeah. Amen. Because we strengthen one another. But here's the good news. We are the church and we win. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter who's in the White House. Amen. Yeah. God, God's not nervous. Now, come on, God's not nervous. Yeah. You know, we win. Yeah. And it's not going to stop us. Doesn't matter who's in. That's not going to stop us. Come on, church. We're the church. Yeah. And I, I pray in the name of Jesus that this week you come into a revelation that you are the church. Yeah. And the power of the church. I, I pray that you come into a revelation that you are a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I pray that you come into a revelation of his goodness and his mercy and Amen. That he listen. Condemnation doesn't come from God. Amen. Listen. Condemnation doesn't come from God. Shame doesn't come from God. Amen. And if there's just this last week, there was an individual that we prayed for 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 many many years, just lived in shame. And you know when that thing just just left her, she came up and testified about it. Do you know when 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 there's shame, it's even hard to approach the Father. Yes. Because you feel so unworthy, and you feel like. That he's not even going to answer. But you know what? The Bible, the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Yeah. Amen? He's a new creature. And we can come boldly into the throne of God. Amen? Yeah. No, we can come boldly into the throne of God. No, no, we can come boldly into the throne yeah. of God. Amen? He wants us to come boldly. And we can have confidence. You know, the Bible says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. 1 John 5, 13 to 14. Amen. So shame will keep you from, from having confidence. Shame will keep you in doubt. Amen. Shame, shame, shame will keep you to the place to where it's just everything you can do. No, God wants us to rest in him. God wants us yeah. to live in him. It's in him we live and in him we move and in him we have our being. Amen. Yeah. Everything's about him. Amen. We're not perfect. Do we miss it? We, we, yes, we do miss it. But the good thing is, is that when we miss it, we quickly can come to the Father. And, and guess what? 
Thank God for His mercy. Thank God for His goodness. Amen? Thank God for His mercy. Amen? I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to a few places this morning. I want you to first to go with me. We're going to go to Isaiah 53, and we're going to go to Matthew. Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 3. Father, we're so, we're so thankful and we're so honored, Lord, that your presence is here in this house. Lord, we don't take it for granted. Forgive us, Lord, if we have. And Father, I thank you that your precious Holy Spirit is in this house, walking up and down each aisle and in between each row, that your word becomes alive this morning. Father, I thank you that you, the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, Lord, I ask that you give unto each one a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of who you are. Lord, give a, a spirit of wisdom and revelation and to your goodness and to your mercy that you are El Shaddai, that you are the God that's more than enough, that there's nothing impossible to those who believe. And Father, I thank you that the eyes of each understanding is open. Lord, that they might see what is the riches of your glory, of your inheritance in the saints. Lord, that the working of your great and mighty power that you wrought in Christ Jesus when you raised him from the dead and sent him at your own right hand in the heavenly places, far above yeah. our principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that every individual that's in this house, Lord, this morning, Lord, they are doers of your word and not just hearers only. And Father, we thank you in advance for what you're going to do today, tonight, in this week, Lord, we thank you for great and mighty things that lives change, that this will be a week that many people from years from now, they'll look back on and they'll say, this is the week that my life changed. And we give you all the glory and we give you all the honor and the name that's above every name, that name that causes hell to tremble, that name that causes sickness and disease to flee, that name that causes every demonic activity to be stopped, that name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. We give you all glory, honor, and all honor, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 3. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I, I'm actually, uh, uh, I, I, you don't know it, but I carry, I carry your pastor with me everywhere I go. <laughs> See this, this iPad? The pastor blessed me with it last time we was here. Amen. And so I, I, I take it, I've got all my notes on here for today, and I take it everywhere I go. So every, every time I look at it, I thank Pastor Brian. And I pray for him. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew chapter 3, verse 1. I'm sorry, I said 3. Matthew, go to Matthew chapter 8. I'm sorry. Matthew chapter 8. A few more chapters over. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. When he had come down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. So ever, understand, everywhere, everywhere Jesus went, there was always crowds that followed him. You know, the Bible says that, he, that his fame spread abroad. Yeah. And, and, and they tried to stop him, but they could not stop him. Because everywhere he went, signs and wonders and miracles took place. Most everywhere he went. I mean, it didn't happen in his own hometown. I mean, there was those that was healed of a few minor diseases, minor ailments, which... You know, which was, you studied that out, which may be a headache or cold or whatever. But the Bible says he couldn't do 
any mighty works in his own hometown because of the people's doubt and unbelief. And we're going to get into that this week because here's the thing that you have to understand is that, yes, we, we are brand new creations in Christ Jesus. And there is a, there is a certain way that God has intended for us to live. Yeah. And that way of living is called the way of faith. Because the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. There's three different times, actually five different times in the Word of God where the Bible says that God tells us to live by faith. So if God tells us to live by faith, then everything we do is by faith. We receive by faith, hello, we, 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 we pray by faith, we give by faith, we live by faith, we do, everything's by faith. Yeah. Amen? Everything's by, the just shall live by faith. Yeah. We don't live by hope. Amen. We don't live by our own strength, our own power, our own might. We live by faith. Everything's by faith. Everything's by faith. Everything, everything happens because of faith. No, everything happens. You know why you're here this morning? You're here this morning because of faith. Because the Bible says that we get saved by faith. Amen. That's how you got saved. And so many people, they are, they are, they are of the, uh, the, the mindset, they, are, they have this belief system, and the majority of the church world have this belief system that, well, if the Lord wants me to have it, it'll come. And that's how most people live their life. But people don't understand that the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. And what does faith do? Faith, listen to me, faith accesses God. Faith accesses that which He's already done for us in His death, burial, and resurrection. Faith accesses redemption. Faith accesses His power. Faith accesses healing. Faith accesses miracles. Faith accesses breakthrough. Faith accesses fresh anointings. Come on, faith accesses the gifts of God. Faith accesses forgiveness. Faith accesses everything. And that's one of the reasons why the enemy fights the subject so much. Why, you want those faith people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you bet I am. <laughs> Because if not, I'm going to hell. Right. What do you mean by that, Brother Richard? Well, you've got to have faith to get saved. Yeah. Amen. You don't get saved by doing good. Amen. Thank God you do good. We need people to do good. Everybody should do good, but that's not how you get saved. Amen. Come on, that's not how you get saved. Yeah. And, you know, well, you know, they, they, they're such a good person. You know, that, that, thank God they were good, good people, but you know what? <laughs> That, that might have been good on earth, but what's that doing for them now? If they're in hell. Amen? If, 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 listen, if being good was going to reward us to get into heaven, then, then Jesus died in vain. Amen? Well, if the Lord wants me to have it, it's going to happen. People think that way. Well, if the Lord wants me to have, you know, if, if the Lord wants to heal me, then it's just going to happen. If the Lord wants me to have a miracle, it's just, it, it'll happen. And most people believe that. Most church people, that's, that's their belief system. Whatever will be, will be. If the Lord wills it, because He's sovereign, if the Lord wills it. Whatever the Lord wills. But you know what the thing that's so, so, first off, so wrong about that is that that's not how God operates. God doesn't pick and choose. The reality is we do. God, listen, you didn't get, you were, you were not just sitting around in your, you were not sitting around in your house, minding your own business, and all of a sudden God boom, willed that you got saved. No, no, you had to do something to get saved, didn't you? So you can't say that then people, you can't say that, well, if the Lord wills it, it's going to happen. Because you can't say that's how God operates because that's not how you got saved. Now, how did you get saved? Because you believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth. But understand something, in order to do that, there had to be faith there. By faith, you received salvation. 
Everything's by listen, everything's by faith. By faith you receive salvation. By faith you receive healing. Everything that has to do with God is by faith. Yeah. Everything. That's why the Bible says that the just or the righteous, Romans 1.17, shall live by faith. Yeah. But you have to understand the importance of faith. Understand something about faith. Faith begins somewhere. Well, first off, the Bible says that God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. So everybody here has faith. You, do, you can't pray for faith. Nowhere in the Bible does the Bible tell us to pray for faith. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, but the Bible also says that God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. Do you know the measure of faith that you have is enough to heal you? Do you know the measure of faith that you have is enough for, for breakthrough? Do you know the measure of faith that you have is enough to bring to pass the very thing you're believing for? The measure of faith. Because Jesus said, if you just have faith as a mustard seed, you are speaking to the mountain, tell it to be removed and cast into the sea. Amen? Amen. But, but, guess who, but, here, but here's the thing now. Here's the thing that's so important. And we're going to get into some, we're going to get into some things this, this week because it's time, it's time we go to a whole other level. Yeah. Listen, if there's ever a time we're going to have to live by faith, it's now. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, it's time. Listen, that's how, that's how we go from glory to glory by faith. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Everything's by faith. Yeah. No, no, everything's by faith. Yeah. Everything's by faith. Yeah. Oh, come on, everything's by faith. Yeah. But isn't it, isn't it interesting? But people, people want to put everything on God. Actually, actually to say, well, if the Lord wills it, it'll happen. If the Lord, if whatever the Lord's will be. Actually, that's very lazy because that makes, that's no requirement of you at all. And God does not come to us based upon our, 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 you know, our comfort. But he does come based upon our sacrifice. Because God wants to be pursued. He wants us to pursue him. He wants us to draw nigh to him. But he promised us that if we would draw nigh to him, he said, I'll draw nigh to you. He promised us that. He promised us that if we would seek him, he promised us that, we would find, that we, he would allow us to find him. That's a promise. Isn't it amazing that God, think about it for a moment, God himself, the God of glory, the God of power, the God of might, the one who has no beginning, the one who has no end, the one who, the, one who, who, the Bible says, he spoke the worlds into existence by faith. See why faith is so important? Why? Yeah. Because that's how God functions. Yeah. And we're to be imitators of a father. But yeah. think about it. God spoke the world. To, he, he created the worlds out of nothing. The Bible says that, 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 go up and look at the stars on a clear night. Look how many stars. They're innumerable. You can't count them. But the Bible says that with his <laughs> breath, he created them. Right. With his breath. We live, I mean, there's, there's billions of galaxies. We live in the Milky Way galaxy. There's billions of galaxies. And the Bible says with God's <laughs> Yeah. Psalms 33. That's all it took. That's all it took with God. <laughs> and he created all this. Not only did he create all the stars, the Bible says that he named each one. Yeah. Think about who he is. Think about how great he is. Think about how mighty he is. And when you think of God that way, then you understand how great his love is, yeah. how great his mercy is. How, come on, church. Yeah. And yet... For our God, our Father, who is El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough, who has no beginning, has no end, He says, seek me. He says, draw nigh to me. He says, come after me. But He also says, live like I live. Because the God of faith, 
said to us to have and to operate and to function by faith. By His faith. Because the Bible says in, in Mark chapter 11, verse 22, have faith in God or have the faith of God. Yes. Have the God kind of faith. Think about it. The, the, the God of faith is speaking and said, have my faith. Operate by my faith. Live by faith. And what is faith going to do? Faith, the Bible says that faith speaks to a mountain. Listen, and most people want to leave everything up to God. Well, God will remove the mountain. That's not what the Bible says. No, the Bible says we remove the mountain. Amen? Now, see, there's a certain way we're to live in this life. And God gave us the ability to live in this life victorious. God gave us the ability to live in this life. Hello, because we live our life in Him. It's in Him we live. It's in Him we move. It's in Him we have our being. We have become brand new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen? Yeah. All things have passed away. Think about that miracle. All things have become new. All, all, think about it. Think about that incredible miracle. Yeah. That, listen, you've, you've already exercised your faith for, uh, for the biggest miracle, the greatest miracle there is. Yeah. No, no, I need to say it again. You have already exercised your faith to create a miracle. Because it's by faith we're saved. It's by faith that we are translated from darkness into light. So you've already exercised your faith for a miracle once. Come on, you've already exercised your faith for the impossible once. Let's not stop. Let's keep doing it. Amen? And so the Bible says here that the great crowds follow Jesus because everywhere He went, the Bible says that... that First off, everywhere he went, he would announce that the Spirit of God was upon him. Amen? And then the Bible says that he went into all the cities and all the villages, teaching in the synagogue, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Amen? And healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. I mean, everywhere Jesus would go, I mean, there were signs and wonders and miracles. And in most every passage, when you see, when you see, when you see a, a miracle taking place, you see large crowds. You see large, the multitudes. Now, when I say multitudes, I'm not talking about, you know, 20. I'm not talking about a few hundred. The, the Bible says he fed the multitudes. Well, that was, you know, 5,000 plus, 10,000 plus. Right. He fed the multitudes. I mean, that's what the Bible says in Mark chapter 5 with the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says she, she had to press through the crowd to touch the hem of his garment. She had to, well, actually, she says, it doesn't say crowd, it says multitude. She had to press through the multitude. Because remember, Jesus turned and said, who touched me? And the disciples said, they'll, they'll see this multitude. They see all these people. How do we know who touched you? So there was multitudes of people, thousands of people touching Jesus. The Bible says that they'd even laid the sick in the street. And when Jesus would come by, so they can reach out and touch the hem of his garment and be made whole. I mean, so multitudes always followed Jesus because, understand something, he was the will of God in action. He, he was only about his father's business. He was the will of God in action. And, and that's why the Bible says, I mean, what, what, when John's disciples came to him, what did Jesus say to him? You go back to John, you tell him that the, that the blind see, hello, yes. the dead are raised, the lame walk. Come on, signs and wonders and miracles. You know 75% of the ministry of Jesus was healing the sick? Yeah. And I think, and I believe that the Lord had me go this way because I, I see that the church world today, and they have been for the last, you know, the last nine months, Total, last, you know, total, total, total fear. And there's no reason why we should fear. 
There's no reason why someone that is born and washed in the blood of Jesus, someone that's born of the Father should fear. Amen? We don't, Christians don't fear. We, we are faith people. Amen? We don't fear. We are faith people. No, we don't fear. We're faith people. Come on, and, and listen, and, and we, we don't operate by fear. We operate by faith. Amen? We are the redeemed of the Lord. Amen? The life that we live, we live by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Amen? That has set us free from the law of sin and death. Yeah. Amen? Amen? We understand something. We are redeemed. Amen. No, we are redeemed. Amen. We got the life of God on the inside of us. Amen. Jesus did not come. Listen, Jesus did not come here to start a church. Jesus did not come here to start a religion. Jesus did not come here to give us some moral, ethical code to live by. Yeah. Come on. Jesus did not come here to, 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 start, to start a denomination. Amen? Jesus came for one reason, the scriptures say. The Bible says that he came that we might have life and that we might have life more abundantly. The Bible says that he came to give us the life of God. In him was life. In him was the life of the Father. And he came to give us the life of the Father. Amen? And that's a life that's abundance. Amen? He came to give us life. He came to redeem us. He came to purchase us. He came to free us. But you can't operate in that and you can't walk in that unless you don't know. And if you're going to be of the persuasion, and I know nobody here is because this, you get the word taught here. But you probably know somebody, people in your family that are, and you might have been at one time. But if you're going to live by the, by the persuasion, well, you know, if the Lord wills it, no, 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 no. We are the redeemed. But yet, if, if, as long as you go by, if the Lord wills it, if that's what you know, then you're never going to receive. You're never going to, listen, you're never going to receive. You're never going to walk in that which Jesus gave his life for. Because faith begins where God's will is known. And if you don't know what God's will is in an area, then, then there's no faith there. And so here in Matthew chapter 3, the Bible says that this Leper came down in, in, verse, in verse 1. The large crowds came and followed Jesus in verse 2. Then a leper came and worshipped him saying, Lord, if you are willing to make me clean. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Listen to what the leper is saying. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now think about, here, here's, here's Jesus. I mean, the, here, is the, here, is, here is the blood covenant God in our midst. Yeah. The very one who spoke from a burning bush in Exodus chapter 3 is the very one here now this leper is talking to. The very creator of heaven and earth, the blood covenant God, is now having a conversation with the leper. And the leper says, Lord, if you want to, and that's where most Christians are. Lord, if you want to, you can heal me. And, and, and here's what we have to understand. This leper, the question in this leper's mind, the question in this leper's heart was not in his ability to heal him. Yes. Because he knew he could. That's why he came yes. to him. Hello, I mean, and, and you, you read Luke's account of this leper? I mean, Luke was a doctor, so Luke's going to bring it out even more so. Luke said he was full of leprosy. I mean, he just didn't have a little spot on his pinky. 
He was full of leprosy from his head to the toe. He was full of leprosy. And, and back in Jesus' day, leprosy was the, it was the most horrific, fearful thing to ever contract. It, was, it, was, it, 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 it eats away your flesh. It's a, it's a rotten disease, a smelly disease. I mean, anybody in Jesus' day, if they became a leper, they were not even allowed in the city. They were outcast in the city. And matter of fact, by law, if they come into the city, by Roman law, they used to be stoned right on the spot. And matter of fact, not only that, if anybody did come around a leper in Jesus' day, the leper, by law, had to cry out, unclean, unclean, unclean. And here comes this unclean man, full of leprosy to Jesus. For one reason, for one reason, one reason. To find out if it was his will to heal him. He didn't have a question when it came to his ability or his power to heal. That's not what the question was. He didn't come say, Lord, I come, are you able to heal me with your power? Do you have enough power to heal me? Do you have enough anointing to heal me? I mean, because I have this disease that's impossible to be cured from. Do you have enough power to heal me? That's not what the question was. The question was, are you willing? And you know Jesus forever settled this subject? Here in this verse, he forever settled the subject. You know why Jesus forever settled the subject? Because first off, understand something. God doesn't change. Amen? God does not change. No, God does not change. He does not change. He does not change. He does not change. Listen, let's stay with the word. The Bible says in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, I am God and I change not. God does not change. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. Amen? The way he was 3,000 years ago is exactly how he is in 2020. Getting ready to go in 2021. Amen? He doesn't change. God's will 3,000 years ago is God's will today. He doesn't change. Amen? And not only that, the Bible says that we have a better covenant. We have a greater covenant that's established upon greater promises than what they had under the old. But yet even under the old covenant, under the old covenant, healing was provided. I mean, in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, what did the Lord say? The Lord revealed himself. I am the Lord that healeth thee. He revealed his will. Amen? Abraham prayed, and God healed Abimelech. Amen? I mean, God is a healer. He's always been a healer. God is a healer. He's always been a healer. Hello, God. That's His nature. Healing is His way. And He has not changed. He has not changed. Not one iota. He has not changed. Not only that, not only has He not changed, He's given us a better covenant. Do you know under the old covenant, healing was provided for us under the old covenant? Well, guess what? If it's not provided for us under the new covenant, then it can't be a better covenant. But it is a better covenant. Amen? Do you know, do, do, you, do you understand the provision, the financial provision that was provided under the old covenant? It has to be provided under the new. If it's not, then it's not a better covenant. Come on, church. Hallelujah. I, I'm, I'm preaching a whole lot better than you're shouting. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. It's time to come up higher. It's time to come up higher. So many times in the church, we've let ourselves get lethargic. We've let ourselves get, get you know, comfortable. Let ourselves get lazy. 
No, no, no. It's time to press in. It's time to press in. No, it's time to press in. Because there's always more. There's always more. No, there's always more. But the more is not going to come if you're of the persuasion. Well, if the Lord wants me to have more, it's going to come. No. No, I just sit and watch the football game. Or you sit and watch, you know, I don't watch football. I watch the golf. <laughs> Matter of fact, when I stay in hotels, that's a requirement. They got the golf channel. <laughs> when I checked into the hotel here, the first thing I looked on the thing, golf channel. Oh. <laughs> So here's this leper comes, and the leper says, Lord, look what he says here in verse 2. He says, and the leper then came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, you are willing, Lord, or sorry, if, Lord, if you are willing, you can. You can. See, he understood, he realized his authority and power to heal of this incurable disease, because he said, you can. You can. So his ability was not what was in question. What was in question was his willingness. But guess what? God revealed his willingness. He revealed his willingness. Look Look in verse 3. And the Bible says, Jesus reached out his hand and touched him saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Stop there. Jesus said, I will. Listen, if Jesus said, I will then, he says, I will now. Because he doesn't change. Amen. If he said, I will then, he says, I will now. Amen. If he said, I will then, he says, I will now. Listen, God's God's purpose for us is to walk in divine health. God's purpose for us is to walk in redemption. Amen. Free from sickness and disease. Free from sickness and disease. Free from sickness and disease. Free from poverty. Free from sickness. Free from disease. Because we're going to get into it in a moment. You'll find out that Jesus understands something. You know the Bible says that before the very foundation of the world, he was crucified. Think about the love of God. Think about the goodness of... Pastor was talking about it earlier. Think about the goodness and the love of God. I mean, before he even created the world out of nothing with his words by faith. Yet the Bible says that before the very foundations of the world were laid, Jesus was crucified. Yes. Think about the love of God. Think about the love of God. Think about how good he is. Think about his mercy. Oh, he's so good. But understand, when Jesus came, Jesus did not come here, live on this planet that he created out of nothing by faith with words. He did not walk on this planet for 33 and a half years. The last three and a half years was ministry. I mean, you don't, really, you don't really see anything happening in Jesus' life. I mean, we see his birth, which was by the Holy Ghost. Amen? We're Holy Ghost people. Listen, we've got to understand everything, everything's by the Holy Ghost and faith. Yeah. I mean, the Bible begins with the Holy Ghost. The Bible ends with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Amen? The Bible says that the very one that raised Jesus from the dead is the very one that lives on the inside of us. The Bible says that if we're his children, we're led by the Holy Ghost. We're led by the Spirit of God. Amen? Let, let's, we've got to learn to even flow. Listen, don't operate by, by what makes sense. If you're going to operate by what makes sense, then you're going to miss out. Yeah. Come on, we don't, we don't operate, operate that way. We don't live that way. We don't live out of our head. We live out of our hearts. Amen? We live out of our spirit. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because the Holy Ghost leads us and He guides us. And, and the Bible says, not only does He lead us and guide us, the Bible says He shows us things to come. Yeah. Amen? Oh, the Holy Ghost is so good. Yeah. Oh, thank God for the precious Holy Ghost. Amen? But Jesus did not come here and then go through the scourging. Go, go be rejected by His own. They had no clue. The religious leaders had no clue. On that day, when they started crying out, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! Crucify Him! That they themselves were crucifying the very God they worshipped. They were crucifying the very blood covenant God. They were crucifying the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they, they desired a thief. A murderer over Jesus, over their God. And then he went and hung upon that cross for six hours. For six hours he hung upon that cross, suspended in between heaven and hell for mankind. Seven things he said on the cross. The last thing he said, it was finished. He said, it is finished. And then he went into hell for three days, three nights, and he was resurrected. And as he was resurrected, he sat at the right hand of the Father, offered his blood, the mercy seat, offered his blood to the Father. And I said that to say this, Jesus didn't come and do all that for you and I to live in hell, to live sick, to live poor on our way to heaven. He came that we might live his life. He came to give us life the life of God, and he came to give us abundant life. Amen? Amen. And the moment you find out what the will of God is, is the moment faith begins. The moment you find out what the will of God is, is the moment you have faith. And now we're supposed to release it. Amen? We're supposed to release our faith. And you know what? And the very thing we release it for is the very thing that's manifested. Oh, hallelujah. Amen? Go with, go with me to, to the book of... Let's go with me to... Let's go to First Corinthians. Thank you, Jesus. First Corinthians chapter 2. It's page 1372. First Corinthians chapter 2. Listen, listen. We're going to find out about, you're going to get into the heart of Paul here in a moment. You're going to find, listen, I, I, like, to, I like to know how things work. I've always, I've always been that way. I, 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 I like to know how things work. I remember one time I was a little kid. I was so fascinated with this, 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 this ruler my dad had. I remember <laughs> this, I remember I took it apart because I wanted to see how it worked. <laughs> I couldn't get it back together. But <laughs> I remember one time I, I you, know, you know how a little kid, you know how you, as a kid your mind thinks, you know. And, and I remember I used to watch my, you know, my, I'd watch my mom put, plug in the vacuum cleaner into the wall. You know, and vacuum. And, you know, in my mind, I wasn't thinking about a switch. I was just thinking that there's something in the wall. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? I mean, because when you, she plugged it in, the vacuum cleaner would come on. So I decided one day, I'm, I'm going I'm to experiment. I, I just, I, I remember one day, I'm going I'm to, I'm, I'm going to find out what's in that wall. <laughs> There's something in that wall, and I want to know about it. I want to know how that vacuum cleaner works. And I, I, 
I still remember it as a kid. I remember I went over there and I was like, okay, I'm going to find out how this works. And I stuck my finger in it and I was like, ah! I found out. It was, it was more than ah, too, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I, there was something in there. <laughs> And then I've always been the type of person, you know what, when I find something that's good, I want everybody else to know about him. Yeah. <laughs> then I remember I found my little cousin. I said to him, I said, man, there's something in there. Come here. <laughs> I remember I went over and I said, put your finger in there. <laughs> there's something in there. <laughs> and he put his finger in <laughs> screaming and crying <laughs> but he found out there was something in there <laughs> I want to I want to know how things work amen there's always a secret there's always a, there's always a reason why something works when you look at blessed people there's always a reason when you look at people that's free there's always a reason when you look at people that that's that's walks free from sickness and disease there's always a reason amen I mean, when he, I mean, my, my mentor, Dr. Kenneth Hagan, you know, he pastored a church for 12 years. And in 12 years' time of pastoring a church, he never buried one sick person. Never one time. Never one time. Listen, I'm sorry. He never buried, not one person in his church did he bury because they got sick and died. Yeah. For 12 years. Think about it. I, I, I don't know what you call that. I call that success. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Now, they would die of natural causes and just, you know, old age or whatever. But never one, never, one, never one time did they die of sickness and disease. Never one time. Never one time. Did, why? Because he got them all healed. Well, there's a reason why. There wasn't just, well, if the Lord wants them healed, they'll be healed. No, absolutely not. Matter of fact, I remember one time there was this lady. She was, she was, an 80, she was 80 years old. She was an evangelist. She was 80 years old. And, uh, and she got cancer. And he went to visit her. And, you know, she's like, you know... <laughs> She, she, she said, you know, son, she said, I've, I've, I've lived a great life. Almost like she's already just wanting to check out. I've lived a great life. I've done many things. I've seen the hand of God move. I've seen many things. And she said, I'm old and I just want to go home now. And so he said, I can understand. I want to just go home. I can understand that. He said, That's, I want to go home too. He said, but let God be glorified in your death. He said, because if you die now, yeah, you've had many miracles and seen many things. But if you die now, it's always going to be known that cancer took you out. He said, let God heal you, then go home. Amen. Well, long story short, he, he talked her into getting, getting healed. She got healed, and she decided she wanted to stick around another 10 years. She didn't want to go home. <laughs> she did decide she wanted to stick around another 10 years. And you know what? I think like 10, 11 years later, he was back in the same city, and, 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 and a lady came up to him. I, I think it was, I don't know if it was the granddaughter or her daughter, but a lady came up to him and said, <clears throat> I think it was the granddaughter, said, you remember my, you remember my grandmother? You, you prayed for her, and she got healed. And he remembered it was the lady that, you know, he said to, you know, let God be glorified in your death. And, and she said to him, she said, you know, Grandma, you know, Grandma stuck around another 10 years. <laughs> And she said, you know what, and we just buried her, and I want you to know that she went home with no sickness, no disease in her yeah. body whatsoever. Hallelujah. She went home the way of the redeemed. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
Amen? Because we are the redeemed. Amen? Amen. See, understand something. We can't live our life by, well, well God's sovereign, and if he wills it, it'll just happen. No, no, no. That, there's, that, do you realize there's absolutely no faith whatsoever in any of that? There's no faith in that whatsoever. And God intends for us to live by faith. Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. That's our way of life. That's how we live. Amen? Pastor Ron was telling me in, in, in the office back there before we came out, something that, that, that he's doing. Well, that, that's faith first. Yeah. Putting faith, even though it's not manifested, but yet, you know what? Faith acts like it's manifested yeah. before it's even yeah. manifested. Because faith calls those things that be not as though they are. Though they are. Amen? So faith acts like you got it. Amen? No, no, that's how faith is. Because faith is now. Faith is now. Faith is not tomorrow. Faith is now. So let's look at, let's look at for a moment here to the heart of Paul. You're going to see Paul's heart. And he says here in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he says, verse 1, he says, Brothers, when I came to you, I did not come with superiority of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Listen to the heart of Paul. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now you see the power of Paul. Now you see, now you see the foundation of his power. Now you see the foundation of his belief system. Now you find the foundation of everything. Because everything we believe, everything we believe has to be founded in the cross. Everything we believe has to be founded in the cross. And isn't it amazing now how, how, how we've gotten so far, the churches have gotten so far from the cross. We've got to get back. I mean, it's, some, some, pulp, some pulpits have become nothing but just a, just some pastors have become nothing but a life coach. Pulpits have become just some motivational yeah. message that goes forth that, that does nothing for people. Matter of fact, it lies to people. It lies to people because it tells people, you know, you can do whatever you want. You can do, you can do what you want. Actually, the reality is you can't. First off, you don't have enough power to do what you want. Amen? See, what does that do? That puts all the emphasis on you. That's right. It's in Him we live. Yes. It's in Him we move. Yes. It's in Him we have our being. And we're about the kingdom. Amen? We're about the kingdom. Come on, we're about the kingdom. Yes. We're about the kingdom. Yes. And so Paul said... I only want to know one thing, and that's Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I mean, that, you go over to the book of Galatians, the third chapter, and what do you see? Paul, Paul said, he said, Oh, you foolish and silly and thoughtless and senseless Galatians. That's the amplified version. Who's bewitched you? Who's bewitched you? You, you start out in the Spirit, now you've gotten back into the flesh. You start out into the, you start out into the Holy Ghost, now you've gotten back into religion. But he got, he, what, was, what was he saying? He, you've gotten away from Christ and Him crucified. Matter of fact, it, it's, it's reported by historians that, that, that the cross was so real to Paul that when he preached it to the Galatians, when he preached it, it was so real to him that they thought they were there to witness it themselves. Because it's revelation. And see, most people operate by sense knowledge. Now we have to let sense knowledge get down into get, come and become revelation. Amen? Because yeah. we don't operate by sense knowledge. Do you know what sense knowledge does? Here's what sense knowledge says. Sense knowledge says there's the gifts of the Spirit have passed away. 
But God says, God says we're to, we are to desire the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Yeah. We're to desire the gifts of the Holy Ghost. I mean, uh, the, Bible, the Bible says, I mean, there's nine gifts, and we should be operating in the nine gifts. Yes. No, we should be operating and flowing yeah. in the nine gifts. Amen. The working of miracles should be operating. Come on. The gifts of healing should be operating. The discerning of spirit should be operating. Come on. The word of knowledge should be operating. Come on. The word of wisdom should be operating. Amen. Tongues and interpretation, tongues and prophecy should be operating. I mean, the gifts of the spirit should be operating. And the Bible says we are to desire them. Desire them. Amen. I, I heard, I, but here's what sense knowledge says. I heard one guy the other day talk about, well, it's actually wasn't the other day. It's been a while ago. But he said, well, now, now, the gifts of the Spirit, now, the gift of healing, that's medical doctors. See, that's what sense knowledge does. Now, we, we, we operate by revelation. That, that's what Jesus said, I'll build my church upon this rock. The rock of revelation. How did Paul receive the gospel? By revelation. That's how we live. That's how we move. That's how we operate. And you see the very foundation of Paul. You see it right here. I mean, think about it for a moment. I mean, Paul learned to live by the life of God. Paul learned to live his life in Christ. Paul had a revelation that the Zoe life of God was on the inside of him. How else could he, when he was shipwrecked on an island, and a poisonous snake reach out and grabs him? And they all thought, they all thought he was going to be dead because it was a very venomous snake. What did Paul do? Paul looked at it and shook it off. He didn't get in fear. He didn't get in fear. He didn't, oh, the Lord willed it. No, 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 he shook it off. And you know what? Then they they tried to worship him. They thought he was a god because he did not die. But they just didn't understand that the life of God was in Paul and the life of God that was in Paul is greater than death. Amen? Life is greater than death. Yeah. Life is greater than death. Yeah. Come on, death can't come. De- death cannot come. Why? Because the life of God's on the inside of you. Life is greater than death. Amen? Yeah. Blessing is greater than cursing. Hallelujah. Amen? So Paul said here to the church of Corinth, he said, I only want to know one thing among you, and that's Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And jump down to verse 8. And then he says in verse 8, he says, None of the rulers of this age knew it, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. Yes. Amen? Think about it. The Bible says that if the rulers of this world, if hell would have known what was going to take place in the crucifixion, they'd have never crucified him. They had never crucified the Lord of glory. Because understand something. When, when Jesus was on the earth, hell just had to deal with Jesus. Wherever he was at that time. Now hell has to deal with, with the whole body of Christ all around the world. Amen? And that's why we have to rise up as the church and be the church. We have to rise up as the blood-bought Blood purchased church of the living God. Amen. And we have to, we got to live our lives like he's alive. He's not dead. He's alive. Amen. We got to live our lives that he is more than enough. We got to live our lives. Come on, church. The Bible says that your eye hasn't seen, your ear hasn't heard, nor has it even entered into your heart the things that God has prepared for those who love him. 
Amen? And you better know when God prepares something, it's a whole lot bigger. You better get ready for a lot of people to get jealous. You better get ready for a lot of people to get jealous. Amen? And don't apologize for the, for the blessing either. Don't apologize for it. You know what? And when they, when they oh, you go, to that, you go to that faith church. Yeah, I do. Oh, you go to that prosperity church. Oh, it's, it's so wonderful. Prosperity is so wonderful. <laughs> it's a whole lot, because you know what I found? It's a whole lot better than being poor. Right. Amen? And, and you know what? And I'll be honest with you. I'm so beyond, I'm so beyond that anyway. I, I, you know what? I'm to, the, I'm to the place now. If people want to believe that way, since so be it, believe that way. And I'm not going to apologize for the blessing of God. Not, not one bit, not one. I'm not apologizing for the blessing of the Lord. Amen? I'm not apologizing for the blessing of the Lord. The Bible, listen, I'm not apologizing for his favor. Amen? Yeah. The Bible says that if a man's ways please the Lord, he'll even have his enemies to be at peace with him. Yeah. Amen? I don't understand this life that he's given us to live. Most, and most people never scratch the surface. Listen, the, great, the, great, the greatest thing in life is to be born again. The saddest thing in life is to never live the life that he gave his life for us to live. That redeemed life. Come on. There's a whole lot involved when, he, when the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he's a brand new creation. There's a lot involved there. There's a whole lot involved there. Amen. We don't live like the world lives. We don't act like the world acts. Come on. There's a whole lot involved there. There's a whole lot involved in that. Why? Because we're born again. Why? Because we have the life and nature of God on the inside of us. That's how we live our life. Amen? And, and you know what? And when, there's, when the when revelation comes, that's who you are. Poisonous snakes that try to come get off on you. Amen? Listen, it doesn't mean that we don't have to fight, but it's not a physical fight that we fight. It's a fight of faith. You know, how, you know do you know faith is so, and we're going to get into it this week, but you know, you know faith is so important that Jesus said, when, I come, when the Son of Man comes back, is he going to find it on the earth? Will he find it? I believe we'll hear it. Boomerang. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, the life of God. The life of God. The life of God. The life of God. Listen, it's not unscriptural to be in a battle. But it is unscriptural to lose. Amen. And I'll be honest with you. I've been in the battle this last week, but I got the victory. Hallelujah. I got the, I got the victory. Hallelujah. I mean, last week, I mean, I got the victory. All of them say I got the victory. Because I, 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 got, I got attacked. I got attacked last, was Sunday. Sunday night. Was it Sunday night? Or Monday? Anyway, I, I, it's 1, 1.30 in the morning, and man, I, I told my wife, take me, take me, take me to the emergency room. Because the next thing I know, I felt, I felt like somebody stuck a knife in me and twisted it. And come to find out it was a kidney stone. <laughs> I talked to a friend of mine, and he said, you know, my wife's had, you know, we've had four kids. And my wife, she said, she's had four kids and a kidney stone. She said, I'll take four kids any day. <laughs> and I pray in the name of Jesus that not one person here has one. Amen. Amen. Because I, yeah, only one person said I receive it. Yeah. <laughs> Your pastor. <Yeah. laughs> but no, I mean, it, it was like, I mean, I, I might go into detail later, but listen, anybody here ever had one? How many's had one? Oh, yeah. Listen, 
Is it everything I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, and then some. <laughs> and I was, I mean, they take me into the host hospital. I mean, like the, it was so, they, I mean, I'm not against doctors. I believe in doctors, okay? I mean, the hospital was inept. I believe nothing wrong with doctors. <laughs> I mean, I think, do- listen, if it, wasn't for, if it wasn't for the doctors, half the Christians would be dead. So thank God for the doctors, you know? <laughs> Thank God for the doctors. <laughs> but I, I'm, 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 there in the ho- I'm there in the hospital, and I mean, I, I, they got me in a wheelchair. And it, I mean, it, it was three, four hours before they even got me in to, to help me. And then for three, four hours, I'm, ah, I'm the of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Doctor! <laughs> <laughs> I was, ah, I'm the redeemed of the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. I'm here in faith right now. Glory to the Lord. The Lord is good. But Paul said, Paul said, I only want to know him and him crucified, Jesus and him crucified. Amen. I want you to go with me to the book of Isaiah now, Isaiah 53. Hallelujah. I can tell those that have had kidney stones because they're laughing now. So Paul preached about the cross, <clears throat> the evidence about the cross. But listen, now I want to read something to you. This, this here, this is from a man. This was written in the late 1800s, the turn of the century. You would think, you, you would think that he was talking about a church today. But you know that's why there's nothing new under the sun. You know the enemy has nothing new. You know the enemy has nothing new. But listen to what this man said here. He said, our pulpits cannot become a place where psychology or motivational messages talk motivational message talks are proclaimed if so jesus is no longer the central thing and this is very powerful he said he said here he said one of the chief problems in the church today is that we have attempted to tame the lion of judah we have sanitized we have sugar-coated and psychologized our faith to the point that it is bland unthreatening and mediocre to a fault our problem is that we have ceased to become radicals as was the early church, because we have forgotten that the cross <clears throat> is a radical thing. The cross was offensive because it was an instrument of excruciating torture and death. I mean, you think that was talking about today. That was written a century ago. And yet, here we are back to the same place. You know what? I mean, just turn on TV. When's the, when's the last time you heard a TV preacher talking about the cross? Amen? When's the last time you heard him talking about hell? We got to, listen, everything we believe has to have its foundation in the cross. Everything. Everything. It's, what, it's who we are. Everything has, our, everything we believe, everything we teach, every doctrine. Amen? Yeah. Everything leads back to the cross. Yeah. Everything leads back to the cross. But isn't people talk about we, we need to move on into Pentecost? Well, how can you move on to something you don't even know anything about? 
I mean, how can you move away from the cross when you don't even know anything about the cross? People say, well, it's a place of death. It, it was a place of death. Sure it is. Sure it is. It's, it's a place where the king of glory, God himself, gave his life so that we might live. Amen? So that we might be one with him. And the sad thing about it is, is that even, even, in, even in America, even in America, and let me just say something to you. Please stop saying America is a Christian nation. We stopped being a Christian nation a long, long, long time ago. Because a Christian nation doesn't ban prayer in schools. A Christian nation doesn't abort and murder babies. Amen? Now they, now, now, they want to abort, now they want to make it legal to abort a baby six hours after birth to give you time to think about it. That's wicked. That's wicked. That's wickedness. Amen? It's just total wickedness. But you know, the Bible talks about in the last days that we'll come to the place to where that which is wicked is good and that which is good is wicked. Amen? That's wickedness. And it's more than, it, it, and it's, it's, it's more leaders that believe that, that want to allow that than you believe, than you would understand. I mean, governors across the country want to make that law. Amen? But I will say this also. It think, it, guess whose fault it is? It's the fault of the church. Because the, the church has been cut off, cut off and guard and lazy and not been pressing into the Father and been about their own business. Because they, they believe, well, whatever the Lord wills, it'll happen. I guess, you know, the abortion, I mean, the, for some reason, the Lord, the Lord allowed it. We don't know why, we don't understand it, you know. But people believe that. They believe everything that happens, everything that happens is the will of God. No, we are the church. We are to rule and to reign in this life. We are to push back the forces of darkness. Amen? We, we, are, to, we are to operate and walk in the defeat that Jesus already purchased. Amen? The Bible says that Jesus made a show of him openly, triumphing over him in it. The Bible says Jesus made a show of him openly. The Bible says he made a show of him openly. Amen? And we are to enforce his feet, his defeat. That's why, the, that's why Jesus said in the Great Commission, you'll, you'll take up serpents. Well, that did not mean physically you're going to take up serpents. Now, I mean, they do. You go to the churches in places here in North Carolina, you know, Kentucky, you know, you, you, you'll find churches like that, you know. You can, you can go and visit if you want. I, I, I don't plan on doing it, but. <laughs> no, the mountains where I'm, you know, in Kentucky, they got them like that. I know they got them here in uh, North Carolina as well. But he's not talking about physical. He's, uh, when he says you shall take up serpents, he's talking about enforcing the, the feet of Satan. Amen? Hallelujah. It's, it's, we, we are the church. That's why the Antichrist can't, listen, he, he can't do anything as long as the church is here. Amen? Because we have the authority and power to stop him. Come on, church. Hallelujah. And it's time for the church to arise. It's time for the church to rise up and be the church. It's time for the church to rise up and be the church. Come on, it's time for the church to rise up and be the blood-bought, the blood-washed church of the King of kings, the Lord of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. And we're not going to be able to get into all this 
we'll pick up tonight. But and the one and one of the reasons why I'm, I'm going this direction because I felt by the Holy Ghost is because it, it, it's amazing how 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 because of this this COVID thing has revealed a lot of things. It, it's it's revealed people's relationship with the Father. It, it's revealed. Listen, it's revealed how how. Um, men of faith and how strong and how bold leaders are? There's absolutely no reason whatsoever. There's absolutely no reason whatsoever that nine months later, church is still shut down. No reason for it. Amen? No reason, unless you live in fear and don't know who your father is. And you're just, a, you're just a, another religious individual. Amen? Can you imagine Elijah shutting his church down? Can you imagine Paul shutting his church down? <laughs> now, at the beginning, you know, no people understand at the beginning people did because nobody knew what was going on. But not nine months later. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Not nine months later. Especially when the bars are open. Especially when the abortion clinics are open. Especially when the, the weeds, weed places are open. Amen? Especially when there's rioting going on. Hello? When Walmart's open. Hello? And yet, and, 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 and what gets me is, is even still Christians want to justify their church being shut down. Yeah, you're right. Not all did shut down. Hallelujah. I know. Like I said, I understand the first couple of weeks because people really dislike what's going on. Not nine months now. It's been nine months. Some of them, some of them are not even going to open up until the first of next year. You know what? And let me tell you what churches those are. It's, it's the motivational churches where they preach motivational messages. Let's go. It's going over like a lead balloon, but it is the truth anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it, no, it is the truth. Amen. <clears throat> We're the church, especially when you realize, especially when you realize that the, the, the life we live, we live by the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Especially when you realize what's on the inside of you, yeah. just shake off that snake. Amen. Just shake off that poison. Come on, church. We're the church. Yeah. We're the church. Come on, we're the church. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 1, Isaiah 53. We're going to get more into this tonight. but oh, So what I was saying is that we've got to get back to, to the church with their foundation in faith. And what our foundation is built upon because it's God's will that every single one of you here, it's God's will that every single one of us walk in divine healing. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? And I, 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 listen, there's things going on in your body, but you know what? In the name of Jesus, it's going. Yeah. It's in the name of Jesus, it's going. Yeah. It's going in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of yeah, that the that thyroid problem's gone in Jesus' name. Come on, that was kidney problem gone in Jesus' name. That heart issue gone in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
Oh, yeah. Come on. Hallelujah. It's time that the church live and walk the life that God has given us to live. It's called the life of the redeemed. Amen. We used to sing a song in church. I, I haven't heard it and sung in years, but it used to go, I am redeemed. Yeah. By the blood of the Lamb. I am redeemed. By the blood of the Lamb. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Filled, saved, whatever. <laughs> Filled with the Holy Ghost, I am. I guess there's, I guess there's different versions. <laughs> Filled with the Holy Ghost, I am. All my sins are washed away. I've been redeemed. Amen. Then we should sing the song, I got the life of God in me. Remember that song? I got the life of God in me. I got his life, his nature, and his ability. I got the life of God in me. You got the life of God in you. Yeah. But, but the problem is it's not revelation. That's right. uh, you give mental assent to it, but it's not revelation. But the moment it becomes revelation, faith comes. The moment it becomes revelation, faith comes. And the moment faith comes, the faith, then, then faith is released and faith receives. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. So Isaiah 53, let's just give you, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the rest of this tonight. You get anything out of this this morning? Yeah. Isaiah 53, verse 1. Who has believed our report, and to, whom is the, and, who, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Now, that's very powerful right there. See, you know, most, time, most of the times when we get to Isaiah 53, we want to hurry up and get to verse 5. <laughs> oh, but verse 1 is so very powerful. No, verse 1 is so very powerful. It says here, who has believed our message? Or who has believed our report? Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? I mean, there's so much here just in that one verse. No, notice that belief, believing, and the arm of the Lord is in one verse. Because God's power is always manifested where there's belief. And not where there's doubt and unbelief. See, listen, see, doubt, doubt, there's a difference. Understand? Oh, Rosokorabashi. And mo most people operate. We cannot operate by doubt and unbelief. We're people of faith. The just shall live by faith. Amen? The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Well, faith is grounded in what? Faith begins where God's will is known. So we've got to get into the Word of God. Amen? See, you've got to be so full of the Word of God. You've got to be so full of the Holy Ghost that when anything comes and just barely touches you, man, it's the Word of God that comes out. Hallelujah. Amen? It's the joy of the Lord that comes out of you. Amen? He said here, who has believed our message? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Now, there's only a few times in scriptures where you see about the arm of the Lord being revealed. Because most of the time, most of the time God never had to use his arm. But this is in reference to redemption. Us being purchased. Us being purchased from what happened in the garden. Matter of fact, the Bible says that Jesus cast out devils with the finger of God. He didn't even have to use his hand. Just think about it. Everywhere Jesus went, where there's a devil, all he had to do is go. That's all he had to do. 
Think about it. Everywhere, everyone's just, ah! <laughs> What's your name? Mark. Mark adds sound to it. Every time I go, he'd go, boop. <laughs> so, but here the Bible talks about the arm of the Lord. And we'll get into that more tonight, but understand something. When, 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 God, when God rolled up his sleeve and you reached down and raised Jesus up, the reason why he used his arm, because when he raised Jesus up, he raised us up with him. And that's why the Bible says we're seated in heavenly places. Amen. We're seated with Christ. Amen. And the Bible says all things are under his feet. And if all things are under his feet, then guess what? All things are under our feet. Hallelujah. Amen? Then he says here, and we'll get more into that later, but he says here, he says, For he grew up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of pains and acquainted with sickness. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him, and he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Now, I, I, I know that your Bible says sorrows and griefs, but that's not what's translated, how should a correct translation. Verse 4, surely he has borne our griefs, actually it should read sickness. Surely he has borne our sickness and carried our pains. Yet we esteemed him stricken, stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And by his stripes we are healed. By his stripes we are healed. Matthew chapter 8 verse 17. Matthew confirms it. Matthew chapter 8 verse 17. No, they'll put it on the screen here. Matthew chapter 8, verse 17, that it might be fulfilled. Then we're going to go to 1 Peter 2, 24. <clears throat> Matthew 8, 17, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Notice what he says here. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Yes. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Yes. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Yeah. Himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. 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 Himself, himself, Jesus himself, Jesus himself, Jesus himself took our infirmities. Jesus himself took our disease. 
Jesus himself took our sickness, yeah. our disease, yeah. our infirmities, our poverty, our death. Jesus himself took it. Yeah. If he took it, it don't belong to us. Amen? If he took it, it don't belong to you. Well, if the Lord wants me to have it, it didn't, you know, if he wants it to go, it'll go. Well, you know, for some reason, God just, I, we don't understand because God's mysterious and he moves in mysterious ways and we don't understand everything, Brother Richard. Yeah. That's not what it says here. That's right. That's right. I, I trust scripture more than religion. That's yeah. right. Amen. I, I, I'm going to go by what God said, not by what some religious guy said. That's yeah. right. Amen. God said that himself yeah. took yeah. our infirmities. Himself took our sickness. Come on. Himself took our infirmities. Yeah. Himself bare our sicknesses. He took them. He took them. He took them. He took them. So how can you say it's God's will we have it when the Bible says he took them? Now, how can you say it's God's will for people to be sick when the Bible says He took them? He took our infirmities. He took our infirmities. He bare our sicknesses. He took. Is, that, is this your phone? What's your name? Chris. Chris. Chris, this is your phone? I just took it. I just took it. Guess who has it now? Yeah. I got it. I got it. Let me, let me go into here and see if I can't text to give. Oyster Revival Ministries. <laughs> it was his. No, this was his phone. But he don't have it now. Why? Because I got it. Yeah. Your sickness was yours. But you don't have it now because he took it. Amen? Your infirmity was yours, but you don't have it now. Why? Because he took it. He took our infirmities. He bare our sicknesses. Amen? He took our, he took our infirmities. He took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Right, what is this infirmity sickness? He took it. Amen? Yeah. And he bear it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't belong to you. First Peter two twenty four. First Peter two twenty. Look what, what look what Peter said. Now remember Isaiah here when Isaiah said, "By his stripes we are healed." Why? Because Isaiah was looking to the future. Matthew was looking into the into the present. Peter, look what he says here, verse 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. What's Peter doing? Peter's looking back at the cross. Peter's looking back at the scourging. Isaiah looked forward, Peter looked back. See, understand something. Healing is not a future promise. It's already an established fact that's already been done. It doesn't have to be done. It's, listen, it's already done. Do you know not one? Do you realize that 
God doesn't see anybody here sick. That's right. That's right. God doesn't see you. Do you know God doesn't see you defeated? God doesn't see you sick. God doesn't see you poor. Do you know why? Because God sees us through the eyes of redemption. Because the Bible says that Jesus bore our sickness. He carried our pains. That might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. The Bible says that, that it pleased God. God placed our sickness. God placed our sin. God placed our disease. God placed it. Listen to me. God took it, and he placed it on Jesus. So when God sees you, he doesn't see you sick because he sees the sick on Jesus. That's why the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is he who hangs on a tree. He has redeemed us. He's not going to redeem us. He has redeemed us. He's not going to redeem us. He has redeemed us. He's not going to redeem us. He has redeemed us. Do you know who I'm looking at here today? The Boomerang Church? I'm looking at the redeemed of the Lord. I'm looking at the redeemed of the Lord. And not only am I looking at the redeemed of the Lord, but the Bible says that the the redeemed of the Lord is supposed to do something. And we're supposed to say, amen? That's what the redeemed of the Lord does. The redeemed of the Lord says. Come on, the redeemed of the Lord. The redeemed of the Lord doesn't say, I'm, I, got what, I got this disease, I got that. Or even when it comes to allergies. I hear people talk about, I got allergies. No, you don't. You're the redeemed right. of the Lord. Right. Amen? Yeah. No. You, come on, you're the redeemed of the Lord. Right. Well, he's just shy. No, he's not. He's quiet. He's redeemed. Hallelujah. Come on, we're the redeemed of the Lord. Yeah. Come on, we're the redeemed of the Lord. Yeah. Come on, we're the redeemed of the Lord. Come on, we are the redeemed of the Lord. We are the redeemed of the Lord. I'm looking at redeemed people here this morning. Every one of you redeemed. Every one of you redeemed. Come on, every one of you redeemed. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Isn't the Lord good? Praise the Lord. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you. I tell you, how many sense the presence of the Lord here? Now, if you're here this morning and you say, Brother Richard, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. You talked about how he came and he well, you went to hell for me. I don't know him as my Lord and Savior, but I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to walk around not knowing. But I want to give you my life this morning. Listen, the greatest thing in life, the greatest thing in life is to be born again. The greatest thing in life is to be translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Amen? And so if you're here this morning and you don't know, you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm going to pray with you. And if you're in the second invitation I have here, if you're here and you say, Brother Richard, I used to be on fire for God, but I've grown cold. I want to pray with you also. For whatever reason you've grown cold, whatever, maybe you, you know, maybe you lost a loved one or something or went through something, went through a divorce or something and it, it, it got your anger or whatever reason, for whatever reason, but it's caused you to realize that you're not on fire like you used to be, but you want to rededicate your life. I want to pray with you. And then the last invitation is maybe you even go to church. 
You've, you attend church, but the enemy's been lying to you, telling you you're not saved. There again, for whatever reason, maybe you slept up and made a mistake. <clears throat> but the enemy now is condemning you, telling you you're not born again, but today you want to make sure. If that's you on any one of those three invitations, to give Jesus your life, to rededicate your life, or to make sure, if that's you, just raise your hand right now. All over this auditorium. Yes, sir, I see your hand. Anybody else, raise your hand. All over this auditorium, raise your hand up high. I want to see. Raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. All right. I want everyone to look at me. I want everyone to look at me. If you, if you raise your hand, did, sir, did you raise your hand? Okay, come, come here. Anybody else, you raise your hand. Some, sometimes, sometimes, especially in Holy Ghost churches, you don't know if somebody's raising their hand or if they're worshiping the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? Dylan. Dylan. For whatever reason you're here, Dylan, I want you just to pray with me, okay? Right. Congregation, just stretch your hands out toward Dylan. Just close your eyes. Just say this with me. Say, Father, I come to you, Father, I come to, you. To, give you my life. to give you my life. You sent your son Jesus, you sent your son, Jesus. and he died for me. And you said if I would believe that in my heart and confess you with my mouth, I would be saved. Father God, forgive me of all sin. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. And I make this commitment. I'll serve you all my days. I'll walk with you all my days. I'll not turn my back. And I'll press into you all my days. And I thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you, Lord, that I stand here now clean, righteous, and holy before you. In the name of Jesus. Now, I'm going to pray for you. Now, Father, I thank you. Jesus. Whew, that anointing saturates. That anointing fills in the name of Jesus. 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 Corrosso, corro, manchiste, elevre, banchista. Rosso, corro, manchilevre, bonzufre, bandita. Rosso, corro, manchite, elevre, bonzevre, brubanji. Marusto, robande, vre, basista, robanda, brusta, debe, burroba, 